I'm Sheila. And I'm Sarah. And welcome to season two of Pushing Pediatrics, an educational podcast for physical therapists created to help those studying for the Pediatric Certified Specialist exam and anyone else interested in learning more about pediatric physical therapy. Last year, our episodes were played over 10,000 times to help listeners like you crush the PCS exam, and they did. This year, you can expect more content and even more review to help you feel confident on test day. Let's not waste any more time. Time to study. Listener note, this podcast was created as an adjunct for those studying for the PCS exam. By no means do we guarantee that one will pass the exam solely by listening to this podcast. We encourage all those studying for the exam to put the appropriate time and effort into their studying using resources recommended by the ABPTS and the APTA. It is not allowed to discuss test content and we will not accept any questions related to test content. While we will do our best to provide the most accurate information, if you feel as though we have stated something that is incorrect, please contact us via Instagram or Facebook at Pushing Pediatrics or send us an email at pushingpediatrics at gmail.com. Hey guys, we have talked a lot about how we use the MedBridge PCS prep course to develop our study plan and as an awesome supplemental resource for the PCS exam. Not only are there copious amounts of videos, but they also include practice exams, recommended readings, and other resources to add to your toolbox. To celebrate Physical Therapy Month, MedBridge is running a special on their premium subscription for just $225 if you use the code PTM pushing peds. You can also click on the link in the episode notes. These subscriptions are good for one year of content and gives you premium access, including their PCS prep content. Even if you are not studying for the PCS, you can still use this discount code for continuing education credits. Share it with your colleagues and other friends who may be studying for their other specialty exams. Hurry, this special priced PT month promotion ends on October 31st. Welcome back. This week, continuing on with the topic of discussion, this case covers post-concussion syndrome. It is case number 24 in the Physical Therapy Case Files book. Let's get right into it. Four weeks ago, a 10-year-old male was playing tag on the playground during recess when he slipped on mulch and hit his head on a pole. He was knocked unconscious for less than a minute and was taken to the school nurse. Her recommendations were that he should rest several days and not attend school. He quickly developed significant persistent headaches, so his parents took him to the pediatrician. The pediatrician diagnosed a concussion and recommended that he be given a period of brain rest and not attend school until his headaches decreased. He was held from school for approximately three weeks and recently began half-day sessions, although he continued to have persistent headaches and balance difficulties. The pediatrician referred him to a concussion specialist who recommended physical therapy for vestibular rehabilitation for post-concussion syndrome. No CT or MRI scans were performed. 
During the initial physical therapy examination, the child's chief complaints are of a headache that is constant in nature, six to eight out of 10 on the numerical pain rating scale, difficulty reading more than 15 minutes, poor concentration, and difficulty with balance during activities of daily living. His mother also reports that her son has demonstrated recent mood changes. He has no history of prior concussions, migraines, or learning disorders. Prior to this injury, the boy was an excellent fifth grade student and an avid reader. He is not active in formal sports, but plays the recorder and cello. His mother is extremely concerned about him falling behind in school because of his difficulty with reading, as well as his inability to play the cello. So first off, what is post-concussion syndrome? Post-concussion syndrome is the persistence of concussion symptoms based on the typical seven to 10 day period. The criteria for diagnosis includes postural instability, attention or memory deficits, and three or more of the following symptoms, fatigue, sleep disturbance, headache, dizziness, personality change, or irritability. We are going to start with some physical therapy considerations for this patient. General physical therapy plans and goals include normalizing visual motor and vestibular function, achieving normal dynamic balance, achieve increased cervical strength and cardiovascular conditioning, restore the child to full academic level, and return to extracurricular activities. Some physical therapy interventions may include patient education about concussion and post-concussion symptoms and management, exercises for visual motor and vestibular deficits, cardiovascular conditioning, coordination training, cognitive retraining, and strengthening of the cervical spine. Some precautions during physical therapy include avoidance of overstimulation during rehabilitation that may trigger headaches, dizziness, and nausea, and may delay recovery. Some complications that could interfere with physical therapy include pre-existing conditions of anxiety and depression, amblyopia, or eye alignment issues, learning disabilities, and ADHD. Some signs and symptoms of post-concussion syndrome are in Table 24-1 in the book. Some somatic and functional signs and symptoms include headache, dizziness, nausea and vomiting, photophobia and phonophobia, blurred vision, balance deficits, slowed reaction times, and poor coordination. Mood disruption signs and symptoms include depression, anxiety, irritability, and increased emotional behavior. Some cognitive signs and symptoms include difficulty concentrating, memory issues, mental fogginess, and confusion. Sleep disturbances can also be a sign or symptom, including difficulty falling asleep, difficulty staying asleep, sleeping more or less than usual, and generalized fatigue. Physical and cognitive rest immediately after concussion is a cornerstone in concussion management to attempt to maintain the equilibrium between energy need and energy production of the brain tissue. After a concussion, the majority of children recover seven to 10 days after the injury, but 10 to 15% develop this post-concussion syndrome. Rest is often necessary three to 10 days after concussion. As symptoms reduce with rest, children are encouraged to begin engaging in light aerobic exercise such as walking or cycling for 20 to 30 minutes. The child with post-concussion syndrome 
is typically referred to PT after about two to three weeks of rest when the symptoms have decreased. Long-term goals are to return the child to full academic coursework and to allow them to return to sport or chosen activities. Educating the child and family on risks involved with re-injury is important. Repeated concussions can cause more severe symptoms and longer recovery periods. Second impact syndrome is a rare, often fatal, traumatic brain injury that occurs when a repeat injury is sustained before symptoms of a previous head injury have been completely resolved. The book goes over some outcome measures that we encourage you to take a look at. We mentioned some in our episode earlier this week and in our episode on concussion last season. A few include the post-concussion symptom scale, the impact, and the dizziness handicap inventory. There is a chart in the book that lists out examination elements of a child with post-concussion syndrome. Some include saccades, smooth pursuits, and convergence. During intervention, symptoms may occur. A general rule of thumb is that symptoms are allowed to increase to two points on the verbal rating scale and should recover with a brief rest period before beginning the next exercise. At the end of the book, evidence-based clinical recommendations are listed. Physical and cognitive rest immediately after concussion decrease the likelihood of a prolonged recovery and adverse effects. This is grade B evidence. The dizziness handicap inventory can be used to assess and rate dizziness and vestibular symptoms after concussion. This is grade B evidence. Physical therapy progression in the child with post-concussion syndrome should be symptom-driven, allowing the symptoms to increase only two points on the verbal rating scale and recovering with a brief rest before beginning the next exercise. This is grade C evidence. Additionally, Comorbidities associated with prolonged recovery from a concussion include personal or family history of ADHD, dyslexia, learning disability, mood disorder, and a history of migraine headaches. Again, check out our episode from season one on concussion, as well as our episode from earlier this week. We will talk to you all next week. Happy studying! Thank you all so much for listening to Pushing Pediatrics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Pushing Pediatrics. We would love to hear from you. So send us questions, suggestions, things you want to hear more of, and things you'd maybe want to hear less of. We will talk to you guys next time. And remember, you totally got it.